Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing the Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening, hopefully, uh, you know, with one one shot this time and we don't get cut off, uh, is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, these uh, we've had a lot of technical problems, but the Islanders haven't had too many problems on the ice these days. They're playing very well, even if the record doesn't always show it. Yeah, I uh, I, I I can't believe that the uh, the the hoops we've been jumping through and um the and and episode whatever number this is 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 could be cursed but uh you you brought up a good point in in the uh, the first part of the episode we just recorded and had to watch that uh it's our fault yeah <laughs> there you go yeah that's what i get for it, 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 the computer gods think i said all this goddamn technology that was john tortorella take it up with him go go bother <laughs> his computer but uh in any event uh we're here now we're talking which is good um and uh, we have a bunch of uh, Islanders games to go over. The last time we spoke was before New Year's Eve, and, and they've played six games since then. They've won four of them. Uh, they've lost two of them, and they've played well in, in even a couple of the losses. So it's kind of a weird trend. Uh, just so we're not going to go into every game in depth, but just so we know what we're talking about, uh, there was a 4-3 win over the Capitals uh, on New Year's Eve in a matinee. They followed that up with a 2-1 loss to New Jersey a couple of nights later. Uh, they followed that one up with a 3-0 loss in Toronto, in which they played actually much better than that score would indicate. Uh, unfortunately, Michael Hutchinson was just better than they're better. Um, they came back home. They beat the Colorado Avalanche 1-0. Semyon Varlamov was outstanding in that game. They killed a, uh, a very good, very high-octane offense uh, off the board for the most part. 
They then beat the Devils 4-3 in overtime in Newark uh, in a really kind of weird game, but uh, they did play very well in that one too. And then uh, most recently a 3-2 overtime loss to the Bruins. Probably the best game they've ever played against the Bruins in my lifetime. The Islanders came out and dictated the pace of that game for the most part, uh, but when you take a penalty in overtime uh, against that power play, you're in a lot of trouble, and sure enough, they lost. Um, So you were at that Bruins game, and I'm interested to hear what your thoughts are because – that was their first game in Barclays Center in like two months. And uh, it was definitely a lot of Bruins fans there. You could hear it just from the TV. Um, uh, but the Islanders did play very well. <laughs> and it's a real shame that they lost because they were really good. But, uh, you know, the vibe there was uh, sounded very much, you know, 50-50 or maybe more so for the Bruins. Uh, and uh, I'm curious to see what it's like going to Barclays Center now after, you know, two months of games at the Coliseum. Uh, yeah, it felt like it. It felt like the uh, the people at Barclays and whoever's kind of running that part of the Islanders operation has uh, kind of forgot and the game snuck up. The fact that the game was at Barclays snuck up on them. Um, my, my fiance, Emily, she's from Massachusetts and a big Bruins fan. So we always go to the games that she was, uh, she was also not thrilled to hear that it was at Barclays and but we still went. And, the, and when we got there, it was, it was a little bit better for her because, you know, she was surrounded by a bunch of, a bunch of other Bruins fans. But I mean, that's not the stuff that ever really bothers me. I, I don't mind that the Islanders sometimes are, you know, dwarfed a little bit in, in their own buildings just because of, you know, the, the size of the Islanders fan base is what it is. I like that more people, uh, that that kind of lends itself to more more fan bases getting to uh, experience, like whether it was the Coliseum or just the area in general and coming to see the Islanders play and, and maybe meet some Islander fans and, and find out, oh my God, they're, they're actually not insane. Like they just love their team and it means a lot to them. Like the their good fan base. This is a good fan base to uh, to be around. I think that that's great. Like I I enjoy that that aspect of of uh, th- this unique fan fandom. I guess you'd call it the but, generosity of Islanders fandom. <laughs> yes, exactly. But the the rest of the experience is just like it's just it's bad. And at to this point, like uh, I just I if if the Islanders can somehow manage that next year they play forty one games at the Coliseum, that'd be fantastic. But if they can't, like, I'd be all for finding, like, you know, five or six games. Go go play in, uh, you know, Regina, Saskatchewan or do, like, Craft Hockeyville or go play somewhere <laughs> unique. Go play in uh, Tokyo or, you know, do some do some of that, like, Global Series stuff with the Islanders because uh, it's just not fun for, for yeah. anybody to play there. That would be funny for the Islanders to get, like, some Global Series games only because they can't go back to play in Brooklyn anymore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you know, it, it sounds uh, – you were telling me in one of our other uh, unfortunately lost uh, episode beginnings, it, it sounds very much like a, uh, a roommate situation where, you know, you guys might start out as friends, everything's going great, but then over the course of time, you, you're separating and one or both of you wants to move out and find another space and the situation the, – the relationship grows a lot colder – Suddenly, you know, stuff's not getting picked up as much as it used to be. Dishes might not be getting done as much as they used to be. You know, TV's a little bit louder, not as quite as, uh, as you know, receptive to ideas. And all of a sudden, you know, that's by the time you leave, it's like, all right, man, well, I'll see you. Yeah, whatever. And then you go, you, you go what your separate ways. It seems like that's getting up to that point. But the Islanders do have more time to play at Barclays. So <laughs> they better figure that out. And uh, it's weird that you said also that it sounded, felt like there were less people working there. That's kind of an odd situation yeah. too it, it was like um i mean and i've always thought this about barclays is like the people that do work there are just super kind yeah. and warm and 
Um, yeah, and the Coliseum too, but the Coliseum, I think it's more, uh, they're more uh, colloquial, I guess is the best way to put it. Like there's a lot of Long Island people mm-hmm. who've been working there forever. Um, at Barclays, it's, I, I don't think it's it's uh, a similar kind of uh, group of people, and but they've just always been so nice and helping people get to seats or whatever but it just honestly felt like there weren't there wasn't anybody working at the game yesterday it was just, it was weird there's just something i noticed that and it could be completely off but it just felt like the uh the population of like actual employees uh had dwindled and i, I wouldn't be i mean i wouldn't be surprised if they rolled back some some resources for those games knowing that hey we don't need to invest in this anymore well they've been they haven't had a, a concession stand open in that top concourse for about a season and a half now, if not more. Right. So yeah. it, w- it wouldn't surprise me at all. Like you said, if they, they cut down on some people there, but, uh, but in terms of the actual game experience, uh, I mean, again, I was just home watching on TV and the, the entire time I'm kind of just waiting for the other shoe to drop, waiting for the Bruins to kind of assert their authority, so to speak, as they always do against the Islanders, even that game, the Islanders won in Boston a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah, it was a more even, it was a very like, you know, measured game it was almost like a playoff game. They had like, you know, I think 14 combined shots through two periods before the third period kind of opened up. But this time the Islanders, they really look like a team. And, and Brendan brought up a good point on on the broadcast, wondering if, you know, maybe some of these games uh, earlier had kind of uh, an issue of fatigue where the Islanders have played so many games and so many nights. We're going to actually talk about their upcoming schedule a lot in the next half of this episode. But uh, with three days off, they certainly look like a pretty refreshed, well-rested team that had had a couple of practices, and they came out flying, and they stayed flying for the entire game. Uh, I really, you know, even when the Bruins took a 2-1 lead, I wasn't, you know, afraid that the Islanders weren't going to tie it or even come back and, and win it. Uh, and it was a it was a good game for, against a really good team. And, you know, the, the Pasternak, uh, Bergeron, Marchand line had its chances, as they all were going to, but... Until that overtime goal scored by Patrice Bergeron, they were more or less kept in check. And against the other lines, the Islanders probably had the better play, I would say, overall. Yeah, I thought so, too. And, and those two teams, it's funny now that uh, under Trotz, now they've probably played, what, five times? And uh, we've kind of always used the Bruins as a measuring stick or being like, you know, this is what we want to be like. We want to mm-hmm. be this kind of very well-disciplined structure system team. And the past two, like they, it has looked like a, a little bit like a, a playoff atmosphere. And I think the Islanders, maybe not the Bruins as much, but the Islanders do notice that. And like, they do notice that like, Hey, this is what we need to be. Like, this is what we're going for. Um, and I think they get up for these games in like a weird, in a weird way. Like they get up to see, all right, let's see where we actually are at. And I think one of the things is, is, is this game came as um, on the, on the uh, kind of heels of three or four good Trotsy and performances. So then when the Islanders are going, like the, each each shift kind of builds on the next one. They don't look if, – if the Islanders look different game to game, it's usually not a good thing. Like you want, always want them to kind of look like the Islanders, you know, whether that, that loss in, for the Maple Leafs, even even though, you know, they didn't score, they lost 3 nothing. like they looked like the Islanders. Like that's how the Islanders look when they lose. Like they just can't score. Mm-hmm. Tom Kunakal saves his own shots somehow. Like that's, that's, that's the Islanders. And I think that the Islanders – this past what six games or so like each game has kind of looked very similar to the one that uh the the one that preceded it so uh that's a that's just a really good sign i think going into a really um kind of nutty stretch of the schedule yeah no they've they have looked very well uh over the course last couple of games the uh the game they've looked the worst in and you know talk about kind of the Islanders recognizing when an opponent is good and, and how they need to play against certain bigger and, you know, having their eyes set on 
being uh, as good as and playing well against the bigger opponents. It's ironic that the game they played the worst in was that post-New Year's Eve game against the Devils, who are clearly much worse than the other <laughs> three teams that they they played. Uh, that was probably the game they played the worst in. The Devils had some stretches in that game where they kind of ran the Islanders around a little bit. And uh, Nico Heeshear scored uh, a goal uh, early in the uh, the third period. Um, and uh, that was it. You know, and they were sloppy throughout the rest of the game, the Islanders, and never really had a chance to kind of mount a whole lot of – mount a comeback and even get the game tied. Uh, the game they played in New Jersey was a lot better. Uh, that one ended up going to overtime, but really – Throughout the entire game, I would say the Islanders were were very good throughout. Uh, they, I mean, they outshot the Devils. They're trying to get they, they outshot the Bruins too, which is something that the Islanders don't do that often. Uh, overtime was kind of a mess, but uh, the Islanders came out at the end of it. Anders Lee had his first of two goals uh, in the week, so it was nice. But uh, they they are kind of gaining a reputation. And if you haven't listened to PT Isles, uh, which came out. Sunday afternoon, uh, you should get a chance to hopefully you got to listen to it today. Um, they talked a little about how they kind of play a little bit loose against some lesser competition, which is not, you know, a great thing. Uh, I mean, I guess it's better to play better against good good teams, but you don't want to throw away points against those bad teams either. And they have a bunch coming up. And, you know, one of them is are the New York Rangers. And we're going to talk a lot about the Rangers in the second half. Um, but they have three games against the Rangers in the next week and a half. And the Rangers are obviously a team lower than them on the standings, although not by much. Uh, they're pretty good. They've got a guy named Artemi Panarin who, uh, as we all know, can put up goals in bunches. But then they also have a back-to-back, Rangers Monday night, Detroit Red Wings on Tuesday. And the last time they played the Red Wings, they did win. But uh, the Islanders didn't look very good in that game. And hopefully this is uh, they can play the Red Wings uh, a little bit more than more like they should have when they play, when they actually won in in Detroit, it was mainly just because the Islanders had uh, better players than the Red Wings. But uh, yeah, you you'd want to see them play better against lesser competition, uh, and you know not throw away points because it looks like they're going to need all of them <laughs> that they can get because this division is not getting easier anytime soon. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's going to be. We're, I think we're resigned to the fact that it's going to be just a you know five horse race to, yeah. from from day, game one through the through the end. I mean. The, the one silver lining last night was that the Capitals lost in regulation to those same yeah. Devils. Thank so, you. I mean, the Islanders, <laughs> they, yeah, they gained a point on him. Hopefully, it, you know, it would have been nice if it was two. But it's just it's going to be a, a real just, I don't know, melee uh, to the end. And uh, you, you, at this point, like you, the, the upcoming two weeks kind of uh, then they lead it right into that double break, like the all-star break and bye week. So it's it's going to be like a really important and you know you don't want to get caught up in narratives and stuff but i mean if the islanders kind of slouch into that break like it's just going to suck because we're going to be sitting here with for 11 days or however long it is and just being like well i mean if you drop points to the red wings like then and then have 11 games to think about that it's it's really going to just it, i'm sure it won't bother the players but it'll definitely bother bother us uh fans oh, for sure uh yeah so uh it's rangers and red wings uh on monday tuesday then rangers again on thursday then cap Saturday matinee, 1 o'clock at Nassau Coliseum. And then right back after that is a Sunday. Uh, is a 5 o'clock game a matinee? Is that still – I guess anything that's not 7 is considered a matinee. Yeah, yeah I, I think guess. so. Yeah. Um, you have to ask like someone who – I've never worked in a movie theater, but yeah. someone in the movie theater would be able to tell you. Well, what, what price would you get for that? I mean – Would you get the matinee pricing or would you get the – 
it depends on the theater because sometimes matinee pricing is only for the first show. So I've been to some theaters where if you don't see that first show at like, you know, 1030 in the morning, you're not getting any matinee prices. But then I've also been to theaters where I got matinee prices at like four o'clock in the afternoon. So who the hell knows? Interesting. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> anyway, an actual matinee Saturday against the Caps at, at the Coliseum and then a five o'clock matinee game in Raleigh against the Hurricanes on Sunday. That is going to be honestly pretty brutal and uh then they follow that up with a final game tuesday against the rate the rangers it's the all-star break then they got they had to buy so they do have time off but uh i'm looking at this crazy schedule and yeah the you know three games against the rangers stand out but man that caps and then uh hurricanes back to back like that is really tough and i'm not saying the islanders can't win both of those games they did play the a very very good game against the caps uh, again, on New Year's Eve, uh, they, they went really toe-to-toe with them. Again, you know, you didn't know what to expect, but the Islanders played very, very well, uh, and Varlamov in the third period was enormous. The Caps actually turned it on at that point, and uh, he was great. He stood up to them. I mean, I think they had like 18 shots or something just in that one period. Uh, the Islanders decided to take that period off. But uh, the first two periods, they were great. So, I mean, they, it's not like they can't beat the Caps. They can, um, but it's not going to be easy. And then – the next day to follow that up with a trip to Raleigh, which at this point is, you know, we're inching into House of Horrors territory for this team, uh, is going to be brutal. Uh, if they could pull three points out of that two-game stretch, I would say that that would just be absolutely enormous. I would be elated <laughs> if they were to do that. Uh, three game, you know, three points. If they get four, even better. But uh, that's the part I'm worried about. I mean, the Rangers, you know, somebody's going to win two probably and lose lose one. I'm just kind of prepared for that. But uh to go from Washington to, to Raleigh just is giving me nightmares just thinking about just like, it. It makes the that Red Wings game maybe the most important one of yes. the stretch because you're like you just need you need these two points. It would it's too bad that you can't just be like all right let's get into a handshake agreement that the Islanders just win this game <laughs> or something because uh, and it sucks that it's the second game of a back to back and right. the Red Wings I guess will not be on a back to back I don't think just looking at the schedule no, they, but they played tonight so right uh, right know. so I mean I think they'll be on three and four but even even so the Islanders need to win you know just there's no excuse to not win that game because it just puts you up against the wall for uh you know that four game run in to the I mean the name of the show is Islanders anxiety here the Islanders are up uh you know whatever whatever their record is they're they've been spectacular basically for the past you know four whatever 16 months and this game against the red wings is probably going to keep me up at night for the next uh <laughs> for the next you know I'm, even even during the ranger game i'm gonna be thinking about it to, wow. uh because i'm now psyched myself out just because you know they you can't they just can't afford not to pick up points in before the yeah. those two big breaks not not just for their place in the standings but also, just for my mental stability. Yeah, yeah. Actually, right now, currently, I'm looking at the uh, the standings, and the Islanders are the fourth, tied for the fourth best record in the entire NHL with the Tampa Bay Lightning, one point behind Pittsburgh for the third best record in the entire National Hockey League, uh, and really only behind Boston and Washington, two teams again that they've beaten already this season. So, I mean, by all measures, the Islanders are right in the thick of the top teams in the league. But you know, when you t- take into account the division they play in. And the schedule they got coming up and, you know, this sort of playoff seating and all this other stuff, it it is very tenuous. And uh, Andrew Gross mentioned this on his last episode of, of his podcast. You know, th- this team has had done so many good things. Why does it feel so tenuous? It doesn't. Yep. It shouldn't be this way, but it is. And it, I was, you know, I don't know what to, I don't know the answer to that question. It just is. But he really nailed it by saying that word because it's just like 
why is this like this? You know, I mean, it, it reminds me of 2015-16 where they, and we've mentioned before, that they, the Islanders were really, really good. Unfortunately, the Caps and, and Rangers both had like franchise best seasons that year. And it's like, this is the one time this team is good and two other teams decide to be better that same year. It really just, it's very, it's a very Islanders thing to have happen. But, uh, you know, that's the way it is. And uh, this team is just going to have to you know, pick up points, like you said, whether it's the Red Wings, Rangers or whoever, they're just going to need to get points. Yeah, I think I think the reason it's so tenuous is no matter what, no matter who the Islanders are playing, they're just not going. The, the two points are not going to come easy just because they right. don't have, you know, if if Austin Matthews is taking a night off or if if Genny Kuznetsov takes a night off, he's got his friends there to pick up the slack. And and you know if if Brock Nelson and Matt Barzell and and uh, Anders Lee or whoever takes a night off for the Islanders, it's you know, it's not, it's a problem because Leo Komarov isn't going to come through that door with, you know, two goals or whatever. So, uh, I thought, I mean, it's, it's tough, but the, the other side of that coin is that no matter what, the Islanders are also very tough to beat on a night in and night out basis because of the way they play and their, their goaltending, which I, I know Var, Varlamov had a, a, a kind of one, maybe, maybe one and a half goals he would have wanted back yesterday against the Bruins, but, uh, he's, he's been really good. Uh, and, the Islanders are once again sh- should be set up in that in that department, um, which you know it feels like it's been forever since the Islanders have have not had reliable goaltending. But it's something that we shouldn't be taking for granted because you, you even think about the Leafs. I was I was shocked that you know Mike the Michael Hutchinson performance against the Islanders didn't you know warrant a parade or something just because of the way that <laughs> that that guy was you know a C- Steve Simmons op-ed about the adversity that Michael Hutchinson has faced. And now look at him beating the Islanders with the shutout uh, because I, that, that's how, you know, drastic they've, they've been treating this guy, their backup goalie for the season. Like it, it was Canada's biggest problem for, for the first, you know, two months of the hockey season was that Michael Hutchinson, the backup <laughs> goalie wasn't playing well. And then, you know, he obviously picked up his slack against the Islanders. So I was really wanted to see if there was going to be major fallout from that. But uh, he, uh, the point is that the Islanders, no matter what, no matter where, who they're playing, like they should still be in these games. So you hope that they're able to even, in, even if they lose or whatever, get a point or two. Uh, but still, I'm, I'm a lot more worried than a 27, 12 and four, whatever their record is. And, and gross. And he, that's a good point. Like it does feel like this thing could just slip right through your fingertips. Right. Um, you weren't the only person shocked by Michael Hutchinson's performance <laughs> in that game, including you know a lot of a uh, lot of uh, Leafs beat writers. And then I think the story on Sportsnet was like, "Oh, the Leafs shut out this great defensive Islanders team." And it's like, yeah, but it seemed like this one guy kind of standing on his head for the most part, doing doing all that stuff. Um, but uh, you know, like you said, when when half the team scores, when half the team's roster doesn't score. Uh, you know, shutouts and and scoring droughts can happen, uh, or can can become a huge storyline. And the fact of the matter is, that the Islanders have this this record, like you said, twenty seven, twelve, and four, fifty eight points. You know, tied for fourth best record in the league. Meanwhile, uh, Josh Bailey is working on a twenty plus game goal drought. Anthony Beauvillier is on a twenty plus game goal drought. Uh, Michael Dow Cole has, I think, two goals this season. Leo Komarov, I think, has two or three goals. Uh, Kate Zizekas is up to nine. Uh, he had two goals against Washington, so he still has an outside shot of 20, um, but just the rest of the roster is just having problems. Uh, Anders Lee's goal uh, in overtime uh, in – oh, no, sorry, the uh, the goal against the, the Avalanche, which was turned out to be the only goal of the game, was his first goal, I think, in like 11 or something like that games. And Jordan Everly is still sitting on three. 
And it's not like these guys are playing all that poorly. I mean, they're still doing their things offensively. Uh, Everly was really good against the Bruins. Uh, he was everywhere. He, in fact, he even got sat on at one point by Chris Wagner. Of course, no call because that's just how that game went. Um, but, you know, it's not like these guys aren't playing very well. Doug Colt was good in that game, too. But just they just don't score goals. And They don't score goals. It's, they really don't. And at some point, you know, Bailey and Beauvillier are going to have to score a goal and <laughs> keep scoring goals until the playoffs, you know, get here because – this is becoming a major problem. And the closer we get to the trade deadline, the closer we get to the point where Lou Lamorello, you know, would be derelict in his duty, if not to find somebody, I know it's tough out there. And, you know, every time I might write a thing about this at some point too, like, I don't know how the Islanders actually go about getting anybody because I don't know what assets they have that anybody even wants aside from a first overall, you know, first round pick, but uh, they need to find goals. And, you know, like you said, Matt Barzell is great. And but now teams are, are, you know, you saw the Bruins like double and triple team him all the time. And, you know, why not? If the other guys on the line aren't going to score, why not double team? And Barzell is prone to turnovers and that's just how his game is. But somebody's going to need to start putting the puck in the net. And if they don't, they're going to need to go out and find somebody to do who will because it's just it can't they can't keep going on like this, <laughs> you know, playing well and then maybe losing three two or maybe winning, you know, one nothing is just going to become just that much more tenuous, make everything that much more tenuous going forward. Yeah. The, uh, it's funny. I, I was sitting in front of a devil's fan yesterday at the, at the Barclays center. And I just, I know this because in, during the game, the Islander fan he was with was complaining about the fact that the Islanders don't score. And, mm-hmm. and he's like, we need to get somebody, we need to get Tyler to Foley or something. And, uh, the, the devil's fan turned to him and said, Welcome to Lou Lamarillo hockey. I was, I was, I've been watching this for, I was watching this for 20 years. The thing is, you, you sit there and you just get so frustrated, and then all of a sudden, the next thing you know, Lou Lamarillo trades for Ilya Kovalchuk, just like that, just out of nowhere, just does something crazy. He's like, just, he's like, trust me, like I, I, I watched this guy operate for so long, it's gonna happen. And I tried my best to kind of take that hmm. and be like, you know what, that's it's a nice moment of Zen to like kind of calm me down. And then you watch the Islanders not score for for you know the, that first period, and you're right. like, God, God damn it. And at this point, I, when I was working, I used to work for a newspaper in Rockaway, Queens. And every Thursday when we'd get the papers delivered, my uh, my boss would say, it's another minor miracle. Every newspaper is a minor miracle. Just that every, all this stuff, it was a very, you know, small team. And there's a one kind of two person show, three person show. Um, and that's how I feel about these goals. Like anytime the Islanders score, I'm just like, it's a minor miracle at mm. this point. Like this is when Barzell scored yesterday to tie the game, that, that play kind of developed in a really good sight line of mine. And, uh, when when the puck found him, I was just in, in my head. I was like, "There's no way they're gonna sc- they're gonna score just because the Islanders don't score." And then when it went in, it was just the, like the sense of relief I feel after every goal. Yeah. It's 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 not natural at this point. Yeah, I mean, Butch Butch talks a lot about how they just don't have any puck luck, and and in a certain way, he's right because I mean, they do put the puck on net. It just it never bounces the right way. You know, Lee has his stick on the ice, and somebody hits it with a pass. And the puck bounces up over the goalie's shoulder or off into the corner. And it's like, oh, man, what's going to happen here? So, yeah, everything is a bit of a minor miracle. I've also uh, I've heard that about movie making, too. Like so much goes wrong when movies get made and there's so many people involved that the fact that any movie gets made is a little bit of a miracle. But uh, but yeah, you know, and, and that's that's true. And, you know, that might be OK in January against the Red Wings or whatever. But, uh, you know, <laughs> as they get closer to playoff time, they're going to need to to kind of, you know, uh, I guess, uh, make those miracles a little bit more predictable as Barry Trotz would say. 
and uh, make them happen with more regularity. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I mean, if Luke can make somebody materialize on the spot, like, I don't know, Kyle Palmieri or Tyler Toffoli or whoever else, uh, that would be cool. Uh, okay. <laughs> Sorry, what were you going to say? No, nothing. I was just uh, praying, basically. That was a, <laughs> a, a laugh prayer to Luke. Nice. Hey, it, it can't hurt, right? Uh, yeah. So when we come back, uh, we're going to talk about one huge loss for the Islanders going forward that they're going to need to deal with as, as well. Uh, and uh, I don't know, get into a little good old-fashioned Ranger hate, which we haven't done in a long time. So uh, join us after the break, won't you? Thanks. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, uh, yeah, we had a lot of technical issues finally putting this together. And, uh, you know, I was I had my notes here and we started and started talking. And I had completely forgot that Adam Pellick is now out for the rest of the season with a uh, torn Achilles. Uh, and it's very much Adam Pellick that you completely forgot about him. Uh, and then as soon as you remember that he's out, you get sad all over again because this guy had had a real renaissance uh, under Barry Trotz. We were speaking at um, at the live uh, Isles Buzz show the other day, and uh, Dan Petru brought up a good point. Like, you know, really, Pellick and, and Brock Nelson are the two guys that have made the biggest leaps under Barry Trotz, and now their best defensive defenseman is out for, again, the rest of the season. I mean, they would have to get to the Eastern Conference Finals to even – for Pellick to even get to a point where he can come back. But I mean, he's got to start skating again and all that stuff. So he's not coming back anytime soon, but this guy has just made such an impact. And, and, you know, Greg Cronin's greatest gift to the Islanders is giving Pellick the nickname, the Cobra because of that long stick that he uses to take the puck off of players. And I miss seeing it. And <laughs> it's only been a couple of games. And, you know, so far the results have been pretty good. The, the first game against the devils, when, when Pellick, was a mysterious scratch. It's like, why is this guy scratched? He was going to play in, be in the lineup, and now he's not. And then we found out later that he had torn his Achilles while playing two-touch, or at least you know before the game, and we kind of assume it's two-touch. Um, so that game was a little bit disjointed again. It was not a great game for the Islanders. But since then, they've, they've played very well without him. Um, again, hopefully they can find that defensive stability because this guy – I know no, no other team – no other fans have ever heard of this guy, but when he went down, I mean, every real true Islanders fan that has watched this team immediately, their heart sank because this guy is so important, but it's uh, stung. Yeah, it really did. And yeah, the, the you, you can tell right away that nobody understood the, how profound a, a loss it was because uh, everyone's reaction to uh, a player, you know, especially in this day and age, you know, when, when you're really supposed to put, realize these people are human. This is a human being that we're we're talking about. That he just tore his ACL was, uh, oh, that's great. We're gonna get Sebastian Aho or Sebastian Aho <laughs> yeah. on Sunday, and um, to have a 
beat writer from another team, like kind of not, I don't want to say dunk on, but to make light of, of the injury. I was just like, hey, yikes, that's yeah. a, that's a rough, rough look for, uh, for somebody. But, um, it just, I mean, it just went to show, like goes to show that, that what, what kind of this whole Islanders bubble, why people get so mad at, at stuff like that, because like this guy truly was maybe the MVP of the first half of the season. I think you could probably put two or three other people in there, but he's definitely on the short list. And, um, if if you were you know if you were paying attention to the Islanders you were like this this really could screw them big time uh, we talk about how tenuous uh, situation is even though that they are they are 15 games above NHL 500 uh, that this is definitely the biggest blow I think the Islanders have dealt with under trots right I can't think of anything yeah oh, that came sure. close to it last year biggest injury uh, for sure yes yeah so and uh, it to see that the way that they reacted to it the only good thing is I think you know not even a silver lining just the he had a Nick Letty being moving up to to the the first pair was a really safe and and uh, easy kind of transition for Trotz to make. Uh, this is he's a uh, he's shown much better in like the past you know eight eight months second half of last year and, and parts of this year. Like Letty looked like he's kind of back to where he should be as a player. Um, and just the fact that he can he's he's a right uh, right handedness to play with Pulak. Uh, and the fact that the other, they're, they're, yeah, Pelik and Polak were definitely the number one defensemen, but the Islanders did, did a pretty good job of distributing responsibilities through all three pairs. So it, I don't just don't think it was a huge leap for Letty to make. And he obviously has played in that role before with Boychuk um, prior to, to Trotz being that that shutdown that shutdown role. Yeah, uh, he ended up. You know, it's funny how you would think that you know Nick Letty is is the offensive guy, but he's really has been the one to step up and take. Uh, Pelic's place next to Ryan Pollock and and has kind of become um, the uh, you know, sort of defensive guy on that unit, while also being still Nick Letty. Um, yeah, it's um, you know it's funny because the only other real injury that they've had to deal with under Barry Trotz has been Andrew Ladd, but you know Ladd's Ladd's place on the team is again there's that word again tenuous at best, um, and you know at this point they've kind of moved on I think without him, although I guess he could come up for the uh, the playoffs or something, but uh, yeah, not having Pelic is a huge problem. And it, they, again, so far they've been pretty good about it and uh, it means Noah Dobson's going to get in. It means he's going to uh, get to play a lot more. And the kid has shown flashes. Uh, he's been paired with Johnny Boychuk, who's kind of taking him under his wing. He did get uh, <laughs> posterized a little bit in that Leafs game, but as Boychuk called him over to the, the bench and you know sat next to him and was like, Hey, look, that's happened to me 500 times. It's going to happen. You just shake it off and keep going. So, um, yeah, they'll, they'll adjust and they've done a good job of adjusting, but, um, you know, I, it's funny though. I just think about like two years ago, if somebody had told me that Adam Pellick and it's funny cause Pellick actually already had a very serious injury. He had that, excuse me, that, um, that issue with the blood clot issue that Steven Stamkos had and right. he ended up missing like six months or so. And, but at the time he then was still under, I forget if that was under Capuano or weight, but it was like, Oh, well, Hey, it sucks for him, but I guess we'll see him again in a little while. And it, to, to fast forward to this point to make this guy so important that when he he's lost, it's like, Oh my God, what are they going to do? Uh, is pretty remarkable. I, you, know, you sit back and think about it, like, Oh my God, in two years, this guy has gone from like who to, Oh man, they, they need this guy. And it's going to be a problem if he's out for a long time. Yeah. He, um, it's his his even his like route to the Islanders or to this point where he's easily their most important defenseman is funny because he was in that draft where the Islanders took 
seven defensemen, mm. and I think he was the third or fourth round pick. Yeah. Um, and obviously became the most the the best pick in that draft. And his and I just remember hearing about him and someone saying, "Oh, his brother." Yeah, Matt <laughs> was Matt was a was a bust. It was a draft bust, I think, with the the Sharks or something. A first round mm. pick who never really uh, turned it around. But uh, yeah, he's it's it sucks. But it's at this like it's like tra- like with trades and stuff. Like it, it, once it's over, it's over. There's nothing you can do. And I think that Trotz is really good about uh, kind of just like making you, you feel for the, he's. I think he he said you feel for the human being, but you got to know it's like next man up. Um, and it's going to be you know Letty and and Pollock and Mayfield and Taves. I thought Mayfield was really, really good yesterday. He had the goal, mm. but um, he's. I think he's got five goals this year, which is so mm. bizarre because that's that's more than Jordan Everly. And <laughs> um, but uh, it's just he, he's he's been he was good yesterday. And you'd hope that because Devon Taves has been kind of wishy washy in, in the first half. Who definitely wasn't. He definitely hasn't lived up to the standards he set for himself with the way he played burst onto the scene last year. Um, so you'd hope that maybe just more minutes or more opportunity kind of gets him going. Um, and then, like you said, Dobson, I, it's so impressive to see him, uh, handle himself in precarious situations as a 20 year old. Cause sure he, he'll, he'll make a mistake every now and then, but the next shift out, he, he's right back poised and you can, he's one of those players where you can actually feel and see his poise as he's playing. You're like, and, and it's hard to, to describe him in any other way. It's just like the thing that's like Matt Barzell is just flashy. You know, mm. he, 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 breathes it basically he breathes this exuberance and uh dobson i think is just poised like he's poised personified on ice yeah uh yeah no he's been good uh and he's gonna need to get better because <laughs> they're, they're gonna need him and uh they did they did call up uh sebastian aho but then they sent him back down again bridgeport was playing uh over the weekend so it'll be interesting to see if they call him back up again um you know the islanders also right now uh, a man short on their roster so they have room to maybe add somebody uh, going forward, but I think it's going to depend on uh, what's going on and where the, where the Sound Tigers are playing and, and who the Islanders are playing. And again, they do have that long break coming up. Cal Clutterbuck also still hurt. Uh, he got cut uh, in in a game, and uh, you know I'm hoping to kind of see him after that that bye week. I think that maybe the, you know we'll start to see him soon. But uh, Barry Trotz said that everything went well, but he hasn't started skating yet, and uh, we'll have to see how that goes. But uh, two two huge names to be out of the lineup, and yeah. you know, again, so far the Islanders right now they're four four and, and two in their last ten, which you know doesn't sound great, but considering who's out, uh, that's pretty good. Uh, so they'll have to take it. Um, so as we mentioned before, too, uh, the Islanders do have three games against their hated rivals, the New York Rangers, coming up this week, uh, which would be a great way to pick up some points by beating these guys three times, although. We all know better than to assume that they they would actually do that. Um, you know, the Rangers are 12 points behind the Islanders right now, but I don't think anybody listening to this cares or thinks that that's going to, in any way, shape, or form, delegate how this these games are going to go. Uh, these games are very important. As I've said before, I don't watch Islanders-Rangers games because they are too – my anxiety won't allow me to. Uh, every time I watch the Rangers play anybody, they win. So I don't watch those games. Uh, and so maybe I'll maybe I'll check them out. We'll see what happens. But uh, these are kind of important games. And you know, yeah, the Rangers are down in the standings from where the Islanders are. But these are are never not important games. And they are going to be back at the Coliseum, which is something that you know, again, we we didn't know if we'd ever see again. Um, talk about a building that's always half full of the other team's fans. And so <laughs> the Rangers Rangers games have always been half full of Rangers fans because they live around the corner. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I'm nervous for these. 
Uh, I, you know, expect the Islanders to play pretty well. I'm sure every player to the, to a man knows the importance of these games. I'm sure Barry Trotz knows he's been through this before, but, uh, this is a, you know, in a week that's packed with a lot of games, uh, these are pretty terrifying as well. I, I'm, I'm more scared of that back to back, but you know, three games against the Rangers is basically also a nightmare scenario that, uh, we're just gonna have to suffer through right now. Yeah. And, uh, it, it is exciting to have one of the first, three, one of these to be at the Coliseum, just because I, I, it, it feels like it's been a lot longer than it has, and I'm, it's been what five years or so. But I kind of um, wish the third one was against the Barclay. It was at Barclay Center, so they could have played three games in, <laughs> in a week and a half in three buildings. But what are you gonna do? That would have that actually would have been great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now that I think about it, but uh, yeah, I mean the game, the first game. I, I'm happy the first game is at the Garden though, because it it kind of takes a little bit of the pressure off uh, off the Islanders a little bit, but. Uh, when you think about the the way that these teams play, it's it's they're polar opposites, right? The Rangers just don't play defense. The Islanders are defense. That's what they are. That's their calling card, um, which is weird because I don't think that there's ever been a time that these teams have been so polarizing like that. Hmm. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you know, back in the day, uh, the rain. I mean, you know, I guess in the in the early '70s, maybe where the Islanders, you know, prior to the dynasty, that were known for playing defense, but the Rangers were never quite the. Uh, the offensive juggernaut that they are now in a way. And uh, I mean, when they have, when you have defensemen scoring hat tricks, uh, it, it means your offense is going pretty well. But uh, you know, Artemi Panarin, you know, no, nobody wants to admit it, but uh, you know, I mean, he's, he's one of the few free agent signings that has lived up to the billing. He's, he was <laughs> wanted to come in and score goals for the Rangers. And that's what he's been doing. You can't really fault him for that. And I expect somebody to be like, so, you know, what about, you know, did you almost come close to signing with the Islanders? And I expect Panarin to be like, well, you know, I want to play for New York. Like, you know, kind of pull this sort of like, I barely speak English card. I don't know <laughs> if he's going to do that. That sounds, might sound insensitive. He, he's, but he's got a sense of humor. So I wonder if he's he like, does. oh, it's just, they're a great poker chip to play. You know, that's all yeah. it was. I was just trying to drive up the price and, and it worked. I, I mean, and it, you know what? If he says that, hey, I respect him. Oh, I, you know, yeah, I would give him a lot more respect than, than to be, yeah, to give us the uh, the song and dance that. Right. Basically, everybody else gave us, yeah. and, you know, from Scott Gomez to Chris Drury to mm. Ryan Smith, like everyone who's who's took took a worse deal to sign elsewhere. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it would be nice if someone to just call it like it is and be like, yeah, yeah no, like, uh, why would I ever sign with that team? Yeah. Uh, just use it as a bargaining chip. Yeah, they took me to a dirt plot by a horse racing track, and I was like, no, I'm gonna sign with the other guys. But, uh, but <laughs> you know, I mean, again, you know, I don't, I don't know what his reaction, what his, you know, or I should say, uh, the. Uh, the response will be at Nassau Coliseum. I mean, there might be some booze, but I'm not expecting too much. Again, I can't really fault a guy with absolutely no connection to the Islanders whatsoever for signing someplace else, particularly with the Rangers. I mean, this is we talked about this during the summer. Like, it's always going to be this way. The Islanders are, are never going to be a destination franchise for free agents. Maybe once Bark, uh, Belmont is built, they might snag a couple other guys. But the Islanders have always been much better at keeping their own guys, with one notable exception, uh, than signing other people's guys. Um, so, you know, I don't know if I was there, I don't even, I probably wouldn't boo him anymore than, or yeah, less than I would yeah. boo any other Ranger. I wonder if, if I was booing him, I'd be more booing myself for just falling, you know, right. fooling myself into thinking we could, we sign, we, we were going to actually sign him because it, yeah. it, it did feel close. And I knew that in the back of my mind, even as close as it is, our Tammy Panarin could be at Nassau Coliseum with a contract in his hand. And until the ink dried, I should have got caught up and I did, yeah. um, so I'd be booing myself if I if I uh, if I was booing anyone on that night. And you know, I mean, we're all fans. We all we all believe that kind of stuff. I mean, I was 
uh, you know, I, I believed another guy said he was going to stay too. And, and, you know, look where we all got us. But anyway, um, you know, I, I, so I'm interested to see what goes on, but yeah, it is an interesting contrast in styles. I mean, we talked about this last season too, but it's even more so now with the addition of Panarin that the Islanders and now also, you know, with the Rangers who know they've got the three goalie thing going on, which of course, you know, was the thing the Islanders pioneered uh, a couple of years ago. So no telling who's going to start at that game. I, I mean, I wouldn't, I think uh, for nostalgia's sake, I wouldn't mind seeing Lundqvist play that game, but I have a feeling that uh, Shostrokin is going to get to play a game. And uh, actually, it would be funny, too, I guess, if the Rangers have played three games against the Islanders and started a different goalie in each game. I know. <laughs> um, but uh, I guess that's possible. But, um, you know, I just, I don't know. I just, it, it's, I, I still hate this team. I still just can't stand the idea of them. But Barry Trotz has changed a lot about the Islanders. And so, you know, the fact that they do have this structure and they have been set on a path to success and have been successful even so far in Barry Trotz's year and a half at the helm has kind of muted the hate a little bit. You know, I know that even if they lose, they're going to come back and they're going to play pretty well in the game next to them. Whereas, you know, in the old days the you know, I'm sure you remember too, like the, the Ranger curse was a very real thing. That team, you know, those Islanders teams were so bad, but they got so, I mean, the, the Rangers games, were as close to the playoffs as they ever got. And so they were getting so keyed up for them. Uh, and, you know, win or lose, would would play their best and, and really put on a great show and have a lot of energy. And then the next game was always a letdown, always. They could have been playing the last place team in the other conference, and they would be dead in the mm-hmm. water. And so those days are fortunately is over as far as I can tell. Um, but, uh, you know, this these guys have played, you know, a lot of playoff games, playoff style games in the last year and a half. So I don't expect them to be phased by playing the Rangers or playing at the garden or any of that other stuff. So, uh, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, like, like a lot of things, Barry Trotz has kind of, you know, turned the, ch- changed the, the, uh, the tenor of, of a lot of Islanders, uh, situations. And that's one of them. And I'm sure he's going to be like, yeah, you know, it's just a, another game. We get up for it and we play and that's it. But, uh, you know, that doesn't mean that it won't be exciting to be in the building, but, uh, it it is a little a lot. This is this is a Rangers Islanders game situation that I have not dealt with before. Like having that confidence, you know. Yeah, and and I actually think a another team kind of entering the circle of hell of hatred, I guess for for Islander fans that kind of changed things a little bit. And and I mean also the Rangers just haven't been that good. The the Islanders before that weren't good. So it's been a while since the two teams have played at a in like a heated game or anything like, I mean, I, I remember and, and one game that really comes to mind is, is that Wisniewski game with Avery. Yeah. Um, just me. And, and like, just I couldn't believe how much I hated that team. Like I just hate, hate that there is a lot more punchable faces on, on that kind of iteration of the Rangers than I guess there are now. And it's because, you know, they just haven't really been that good lately. Um, and for that whole decade preceding, you know, that game and the, the 15 years before, uh, the Islanders uh, moved to Barclays and stuff, which I guess maybe changed things a little bit too. You know, having it outside of the Coliseum, uh, like I hated those teams. So nothing would ruin could ruin my life more than a than an Islander than a Rangers, you know, Stanley Cup. And now it's it's changed because it's a different team that's kind of taken that that mantle from them, or uh, that it's just it's not it's it's they're just not the same. It's I just don't have that same visceral feeling for them. Yeah, no, for sure, it's for sure, it's. Uh... It, that's the way it is. And again, I mean, in a way, that's a good thing. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like it's, you know, the, your, your life is not uh, dictated by the, uh, the necessary, uh, you know, win or losing of a, of a game against the Rangers because it, it, it could change very quickly. Like if this oh, yeah, team, sure. 
Yeah, which is that's what it is. It's like more of like they're in this like laying and wait period uh, yeah. almost. Like I'm like I'm waiting for them to kind of put this this together because the Rangers rebuild. Everyone talks about how quickly it's it's kind of coming about, but they're still in it. Like they're not they're they're not out of the playoff pictures oh, by yeah. any stretch right now. But but they're very unlikely to make the playoffs and and contend this year. But with the way that the Rangers are when when you're a bigger market team in the NHL, you can kind of throw your weight around a little bit easier. And that'll accelerate things. It makes life a lot easier for a quote unquote rebuilding big market team than say the Islanders or you know, the Hurricanes or teams without the, the ability kind of just like cap bully teams yeah. or or have players like Adam Fox who grew up Ranger fans and <laughs> end up playing for them. <laughs> yeah, like like yeah. that's a loophole in the draft. Like, oh well, if you were a Ranger fan growing up, no matter where you were drafted, you can still exercise that that loophole and, and go play for him. Hmm. Uh, Kevin Hayes and Jimmy Beasy and now Adam Fox and like Matt Gilroy. Like, oh, I don't even know if Gilroy was, but it's just so funny. And now that now I'm talking myself into hating them again more just because <laughs> it, they, they do get they get a lot more breaks than than the Islanders do in that kind of way. It's only a matter of time before Charlie McAvoy also becomes a Ranger. Like we need to kind of understand oh, yeah. that, I think. Um, but yeah, no, it is funny to me. And I've thought about this a little bit like the time the 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 period of time when the Islander when the Rangers put out that memo saying we're bailing on this season and we're going to go into rebuild mode to the time where they signed Artemi Panarin to this free agency contract was very, very small. I mean, it was, I think it was just over a year and a half. And it's yeah. Like, here's Garcia. was like, it's a five year plan. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, wait, hold on a second. You could do that. Like you can say we're rebuilding. And then the next year be like, no, we're rebuilt now. Like, wait, what? Like how does that even work? That's not a rebuild. The island, yeah, the you know, Garth Snow announced a rebuild in 2009, and he was still talking about it in 2015. Like, what the hell? <laughs> Kidding me? Like, that's not a rebuild. That's crazy, you know. So, and I mean, you know, it is funny. Yeah, no, you're right. The the amount of resources that a team has, like the Rangers has, is always going to outstrip what uh, the resources that the Islanders have. But uh, you know, again, again, I I could change my tenor too. I mean, God forbid the Islanders lose three of these games and look bad doing it. Uh, I'm going to, the hate's going to definitely come back for sure. But, uh, you know, again, with Barry Trotz kind of taking our, taking our cues from him, uh, trying to go into these things calm and just, you know, hope for the best, or at least, you know, come out, play your best and see what happens. And in our case, hope for the best, I guess. But uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, with three games in, in a week and a half, it is like a little mini playoff series. So yeah, I expect that game on Tuesday, the 21st to be packed to the gills with punches and scrums and, all that kind of good stuff that you know people are like, yeah, this is old time Islander Rangers shit right here. You know, I can imagine. Yeah, that. It, it'll be interesting because they're in the spot that the Islanders were in for for a couple of years, where like they were kind of on that fringe playoff ish. Not who are they kidding themselves? They're not going to make the playoffs, but they'll get up for this game. Like that's that's where the Islanders were for for basically the first half of the decade. So to see the Rangers in that spot, it, it'll be interesting to see how they they kind of take that role on and how much it makes you hate them more. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Uh, so, yeah. So we'll have to see how, how that goes. Uh, then the Islanders are, are off after that point. They have uh, the All-Star break. Matt Barzell, the only Islander who's going to go to St. Louis in the All-Star game. Brock Nelson was uh, the last man in candidate. He didn't get in. Uh, TJ Oshie did. But you know what? Uh, a, I'm glad that you know he's not going to be there to potentially get hurt. And, I mean, Oshie going back to St. Louis is a whole thing. So uh, I can't be, can't be too mad about it. Brock's time <laughs> will come. And then the Islanders have that bye week. So they're off from the 22nd. Through February first, or they're going to be back at Barclays against a uh, the Canucks in a, in a matinee game that I'll be at. So looking forward to that. And we'll, we'll talk uh, after that uh, that second Rangers game before the All Star break. I'm sure, and we'll get into a whole thing. Um, 
yeah, I'll probably talk about the All-Star. We, I like the All-Star game, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, let's see. Let's let's do a couple of things real quick. Um, if you haven't already, you should definitely listen to Lighthouse Look Back. It is Noel's new podcast where he talks with uh, a former Islander about his time with the Islanders and life in general, what he's doing now, uh, you know, the journey of his career. And the first episode uh, is a guy I know you are a fan of and uh, was, a, was a great time listening to him, Tom Pody. Who is an all-star himself? How about that? Yeah. I did not know that. So there you go. <laughs> uh, so it's called Lighthouse Look Back. You probably may have seen it already. Uh, definitely check it out. It's really great. Noel's told me about some of the other guys he's got coming up, and uh, I'm very excited. He's he's got guys through uh, you know a bunch of different time time frames, and uh, it, it's cool. Like, again, it's not all just about the Islanders, but uh, you know he does. They do they do talk about that a lot, and then he talks about his other teams, and uh, you'll want to hear the story about why Tom Pody only spent one season as an Islander. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> um, i thought it was uh the, the funniest thing about that was i was waiting for them to get to that maybe one of my favorite moments as an islander fan that the devil's game uh in when they they clinched the playoffs after having a he win talks four in about a row. that yeah yeah and i just was like i was just waiting for like a kid of the candy story i just love how you know if i was telling that story and the way tom pody tells the story couldn't be more different you know mm-hmm. but i'm sure i've told people who could care less they don't know what the, the new york islanders are or or who Wade Dublowitz is, or anything, or what it meant. But, and I've told them that that story in in, in great great detail. And then to hear you know an actual player tell it is it's kind of funny. Just uh, I'll have to uh, <laughs> do it again and, and maybe write Tom yeah. or something. <laughs> yeah, he talks about it very nonchalantly, like sort of yeah. like yeah, I got, right. It was a it was a shootout, wasn't it? Yeah, that's, I think that was <laughs> the thing that got me. It was like he was like, what, what, it was a shootout, right? I'm like, yeah. it wasn't. Did you come on? Yeah, right. <laughs> it wasn't just a shootout. It was, yeah, but uh, it was it was great to hear him, and, and he had some funny things to say about uh, Islanders and Ranger fans too, which uh, yes, definitely, it, it was a a dynamite first uh, it, first it foray. Definitely was, yeah. He, did, he talks about the difference between Islanders and Rangers fans, so pretty apt one for this week too. So Tom Pody is our this is he was an Islander uh, for this week. How about that? So and and with the added bonus, you can go <laughs> listen to him talk at Islander uh, Lighthouse Look Back. You should do that. Uh, PT Isles also came out yesterday, so again, you should check that out. Um, it was great seeing people at the, uh, the, uh, Isles buzz, um, uh, live meetup we had and, and the, the podcast, it was a lot of fun. We had a good time. Russ Cohen was there. Got to talk to him. Uh, and, uh, I just want to shout out to a guy who reached out to me on Twitter named Tom Cooper. Tom is from Australia and, uh, he's a big Islanders fan and he's been, he was like, yeah, I was listening to your podcast for so long. I didn't even realize that, uh, you had a Twitter account. <laughs> I was like, well, I kind of stopped talking about the Twitter account after July or so of 2018. Uh, but thanks for listening. I appreciate it. So yes, you can still follow me at culture fusion if you really want to, but, uh, appreciate you listening, Tom. And we appreciate everybody listening. Uh, if you have an Islanders, uh, favorite Islanders game story that you want to share with us, please, I'm begging you call our number and talk to us about your favorite Islanders game. The number is six, four, six, nine, eight, zero, eight eight five seven i got people calling twice i got people calling three times that's awesome and i love it but we need new people so please <laughs> call us it, it could be any reason like it doesn't have to have been like some kind of great historic game doesn't all have, they don't all have to be about may 24th 1980 it could be just you know the game you went with your brother and some somebody spilled you know ice cream on his pants and the islanders lost in a shootout like it doesn't if that's the game that you <laughs> that makes you laugh and and it's your favorite and you know whatever just because it's funny and it means something to you I love those stories. I want to hear those stories about these little random uh, regular season games that mean so much to people because of some personal thing. The number again is 646 980 
8857. The next episode is going to go up probably around the 20th or so. So uh, you have some time, but don't hesitate. Please call. <laughs> um, what else? Uh, we, we got a, we had a bunch of other stuff. We talked about it on Pelic. We did all that. Uh, listen to Read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Oh, of course. Duh, I'm a dope. Uh, VintageIceHockey.com is our sponsor. T-shirts, hoodies, mugs, hundreds of classic hockey logos. Lighthouse 15, say 15%. He's got Long Island Ducks. He's got New York Golden Blades. Now, a huge, huge, huge addition. Capital District Islanders stuff. I know if you're an Islanders fan that was alive in the 90s, Capital District Islanders were their minor league team at the time. There is stuff now. You can rep the Capital District Islanders from Troy, New York, uh, and uh, you could do that at, light, at VintageIceHockey.com. It's the only place you can do that. Uh, Lighthouse 15, say 15%. You could buy our Lighthouse Hockey shirts there too. And if you use the code or you buy a shirt, uh, our portion of the sales go to the Center for Dementia Research. So do that, VintageIceHockey.com. Uh, the other big thing that's happening in Islanders world this week is my friend Michael Leboff is getting married. So congratulations to you and Emily, man. I hope it goes well. <laughs> I hope you have a great time. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, it's coming up on Saturday and, uh, amazing. Yeah. Islanders play at one. Um, uh, <laughs> when is the, when is the ceremony? Like four 30, I think. So, oh, perfect. Uh, yeah, exactly. As long as, uh, there's no three hour class, you know, Eight panes of glass don't break. I should be able to watch, and hopefully that'll that'll be it. I'm, that'll be the thing that I'm most uh, anxious about on that day. I'm sure uh, by a long shot is you know especially because it's the Capitals and you know if it was the Red Wings maybe it wouldn't wouldn't be that big a deal. But you know it's a big game, so I'm gonna have to find a way to watch. I gotta say I'm really surprised that that you didn't look at the schedule and were like, oh no, I can't. The Islanders. <laughs> Yeah, but then I guess you would, I, if you waited a week, you would have missed the All Star so, game. So yeah. no, well, so here's the sad thing is that um, when we did set it, I had a feeling I was like, all right, well, because we had to set the date like I don't know, eighteen yeah, like months, a, yeah. however, however long ago it was, and um, the schedule wasn't out for this year, and I was like, all right, I'm pretty sure that this will be the All Star break. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought I had it right. <laughs> ah, yeah, and yeah. I had it wrong. Yeah, yep. that's true. So, yeah, I guess so. You're right. It would have been. Yeah, like eighteen months or so. I, th- I ours was definitely at least a year ahead of time. So yeah, I guess you wouldn't know the schedule there. All right, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I got some but, Islanders stuff yeah. I'll be wearing that day too, which will be nice. But um, a friend of yeah. mine got married on the day they retired Brian Trottier's jersey, and they played I think San Jose that day too. And I was like, dude, what are you doing here? Why are we here right now? <laughs> like we should be at the Islanders game watching Trottier's jersey get retired. He's like, don't even get me started. Don't even. <laughs> so. Yeah, I'll have I'll, I have some stuff that I'll be wearing, and uh, I'll, I'll send some pictures. But uh, yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited to get it over with. And but the only the only other downside was um, it's in Massachusetts, so I have to leave mm-hmm. on Thursday. And I was hoping to get to the Islander Ranger game at the Coliseum, and I lost that argument somehow. <laughs> I don't know why. Yeah, no, it's it, she's right because the prep there's never enough prep time. Like you need that kind of lead time because. Something is gonna go weird, and the, you know somebody's gonna call you and be like, "That thing that you ordered like six months ago, yeah, we don't have that anymore. They just discontinued that. So you got to pick something. Like it's just gonna happen. So you want to le- you give yourself that lead time, and uh, hopefully the Islanders will take care of business at home, uh, even though you won't be there. But uh, yeah. you should be able to do that. Uh, my biggest piece of advice for people getting married, I always say this because somebody told me, I wish I could remember who, and they were a hundred percent right, and I always feel like th- it's my imperative to to pass this this bit of advice down to people who are getting married make sure you eat at your reception 
And I know it's a thing that you're like, why wouldn't I eat? Trust me, when people start coming up to you and shaking hands and hugging you and people you haven't seen since you were like a baby and everybody wants to say congratulations, it's very easy for those three hours or whatever to just poof, disappear. And all of a sudden you're like, why didn't I eat anything? Why am I starving all of a sudden? Sit down and eat. <laughs> take the time. Take the you know 20 minutes or so and just be like, I mean, also you paid for that food, so you should definitely eat it. But, yeah. uh, you know, I, I remember that. And I remember thinking I should I was told to eat and I'm going to do that right now. So I would be like, quietly, excuse myself. Thanks a lot. I'm going to go eat right now. I'll be back in a little bit. Oh, OK, cool. And I sat down and we ate and it was delicious and I was full and we were able to dance and stuff. So that's my piece of advice for you. Make sure you eat. <laughs> yeah, I'll do my I'll do my best to do to, to follow that advice. Um, <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. I'm, yeah. It, who, who knows? I don't, I, it's uh, it does. It's still uh, feels weird, but. It will, uh-huh. and it will for a long time. But, uh, yeah. but you know what? It, when everything goes well, and like you know, you can sit back and be like, "That was a fun wedding." Uh, you feel a lot better about yourself. I'm very proud. One of the most proudest things I can possibly say is that my wedding was one of the best weddings I've ever been to, and I'm, I'm very happy about that because uh, my my mom has been getting on my sister's cases for how bad their weddings are for now like 35 years. So uh, <laughs> she's not not she didn't do that for mine. So I'm in, I'm in good shape. But anyway, congratulations. I hope it goes Thank you. very very well. Uh, please tell people your Twitter account. Although if I see on Twitter after, you know, before, after this wedding, that's a bad sign, but tell people your Twitter account name anyway. Uh, it's the big Lebowski with two E's. The big Lebowski with two E's as a wedding present that will cost you actually $0. You should follow Mike on Twitter and, uh, and say, uh, Mary, uh, Mary, Mary wedding. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, congratulations. I hope, it, I hope everything goes really well. Uh, you can follow me at culture of losing. Oh, uh, the, um, I forgot the Billy Smith episode of uh, Islanders award winners is out too. So check that out. Uh, I had a lot of fun recording that. And uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a different story. He was a bit of a different guy. It was a lot of, yeah. fun. I'm totally forgot about that. that was good. It was, I was, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's, it was one of those things. He's, he's a type of guy and has a type of, uh, I don't know, legend about him that even though you're, you're not saying something, he's not saying something, you're not saying something funny. You are laughing during it. Like, it's like, you're just like, how is this guy real? It's just, it's so funny. <laughs> the reading the stories was unbelievable. I mean, I've never seen anybody like rip on people like that. I mean, he's ripping on his defenseman. He's ripping on Team Canada. He's ripping on the coaches. It's, it was, it, it's awesome. I really had a lot of fun. That was, that was a fun one to write and, and record. So definitely check it out. Uh, Islanders award winners, Billy Smith. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll be back sometime next week, uh, unless you're on your honeymoon uh, or something. If you have more important plans, by all means, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> but uh, other than that, we'll we'll be back uh, after this crazy stretch of games, and uh, hopefully the Islanders have piled up a lot more wins because I'm telling you right now, the Penguins and Capitals, well, they're not going to lose too often in that same time period. So there you go. Uh, all right. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Pendulum swing You might be too dizzy